because uh, I had driven down from Indiana, from Northwest Indiana, Rolling Prairie, Indiana, and uh, uh, I'd never met any of these guys before. Only knew them through the mail. And, but what Rusty proposed was just so cool. You know, I thought, you know, how can I pass this up? And I'd been a Robert E. Howard fan at that time. <clears throat> I'd been a Howard fan for 20 years. You know, Lancer, Conan the Adventurer was, that was my start. And uh, and I got involved with Rahuta, and Rusty said, well, we're going to get together and cross planes. I thought, oh, man, that's... That sounds pretty cool. So, uh, drove down and uh, met up with Rusty and and uh, some of the other uh, adventurers who had come down. We were uh, several of us. Several people came to Houston, and I picked them up at the airport. Or the Swiss guy stayed with me, and I got a van, and we drove then to Dallas to meet up with the other guys, the ones Bill and and Mark Combs coming over from Louisiana. So that's why I said we met there in Dallas to yeah, yeah. and so yeah we're sta- we're at a motel near Dallas Duncanville I think was where yeah, the hotel I, was near right, yeah. Bill Fullwaller's house and uh, he walked he walked into the room found out which room we were in and knocked on the door and walks into the room and within five minutes he and Vern Clark are swapping insults with each other and I'm like yeah, he's he's one of us yeah it, it, it was one of those deals where where you know you, you test somebody you know you give them a little test you, and you test them by giving them a little zinger and see how they respond and if if they zing you back or they they respond to it in a in a certain way well, you know that you know this guy's okay. He, we're going to be friends with him, and <laughs> and uh, so it started out with Vern, and then uh, and then Rusty came down, and you know, and he started in, and you know, well, hey, I had to defend myself somehow, and, <laughs> and uh, so uh, and uh, you know, it was it was like it, it was like a, a ten minute thing. It wasn't really long, but it was just you know like you know just zing you and zing me back and. You know, Oh, okay, how you doing, pal? You know, we're, we're, we'll be friends forever now. You know, buddies, old buddies right away. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things. Well, you know, sometimes when uh, when when like-minded people get together, you know, you've got that common bond right at the get-go, and then you know, you do a little testing and see, you know, where where is he at as far as what he thinks about this, or you know, can can he put up with my insults? Is he smart enough to keep up with me, or am I smart enough to keep up with him? And, uh, and that, that's pretty much what it was. So how long had Rahupa been around at this point when you were planning to come across the uh, Rahupa was actually created in uh, 1972 by Tim Marion. Uh, I joined in 1980, and then Bill joined in 85. Yeah, 85. Just bef- just about the time that I was suge- proposing a memorial gathering in Cross Plains. So, yeah, we've both been in the APA for a while, but we weren't any... Uh, Steve Trout, who is also... He's not here right now, but uh, he's here this weekend, was... Uh, I think he was a member from, like, Mailing 20 or something, so uh, several years longer than I have been. 
So what does that? What did it mean to join Rahupa back then? What did one have to do? Uh, was there a blood pact involved? No. <laughs> it's an amateur press association, so you just have to uh, create the minimum activity for it is two is still two pages every other month, uh, or actually every other mailing. So it's essentially the minimum activity required is two pages every four months. And well, that's all boring stuff. You know, just yeah. you make up your own fanzine and you send it in and. Guy staples it together and then he sends it to you. Yeah. That's pretty much the requirement. <laughs> cool. You know? Yeah. But yeah. you, but it weeds people out. Who there's a lot of people who over the years have asked, "Can I get a subscription to that?" Yeah. No, yeah. you have to actually participate yeah. in it. Yeah. Uh, that's what amateur press is about. And we still, you know, it's still done the old-fashioned way. We yeah. do it on paper and staple it. Bill staples it together and yeah, sends it in all the way, baby. Yeah, Mark we, was describing that to us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. These yeah. Thirty-six copies that you lay out. That's stick. right. Yeah, I, I, I have a, a little collating rack and I put everything in there and and uh, yeah, staple it. I have forearms like Popeye because I <laughs> use this manual stapler and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, made with and, Hoosier pride. And, I'm sorry. Made with Hoosier pride. With Hoosier pride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know Hoosier pride. <laughs> <laughs> so you one guys, of, one of his mo- most important duties has come to be uh, getting calling me and saying, "Burke, you owe me a zine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send me money. Send me pages." <laughs> so you guys were part of Rehupa. You uh, ended up meeting down here. Um, Rusty, you organized the whole thing and masterminded it. Yeah. And uh, you got together and then came to Cross Plains. So tell us a little bit about that first trip to Cross Plains and what it meant to you to come to Howard's hometown and his house. Yeah. Well, for, for me, it was Rusty had already been here once, but for me, it was, it was really magical because, you know, we were here and, and Howard is our literary hero and and uh, it really didn't kick in. You know, we came to the town, and, you know, it's a small town, and, and I was living in a small town, so I, I kind of understood the, the, the mentality or the, you know, just the way people are. Uh, but uh, it, it really started when we came here right to the house, right on the grounds. And uh, we got to walk around. We didn't go in the house, but we got to walk the grounds and, and look all around and take pictures and the uh, uh, the homeowner at the time he was very generous in letting us walk around, and we chit chatted, and, and there were people from uh, from Cross Plains here, and they were telling us stories and and, and things like that. And it, Mr. Carter was going to let us in the house, but his wife had become very ill, and so he didn't want a whole bunch of strangers traipsing through the house. But we had come over. We had come over in the van from. Uh, the direction of Rising Star, so we came in from the east on 36 and then turned there at the intersection of the south part of town and drove up Main Street, and we pulled up to the library um, at the north end of Main Street, and there's this big banner in the window that says, uh, Robert E. Howard Day, uh, June, June 14th, I think it was, yeah, yeah. and uh, welcome to Rehupens and you were like, I was not expecting this. All I was expecting was that we were going to get to come, maybe get to come down to the house. Uh-huh. But instead, we found that 
the Brownwood paper had a big article about the visiting scholars from around the world. <laughs> International scholars. And the library had set up a big display, a nice display of Howard's related stuff in their window. And uh, it was just marvelous the whole weekend. They treated us so fantastically. Yeah. Uh, lionized us almost. So there was buy-in pretty quick from the general population. Pretty quick. It was uh, mainly the friends of the library group. You tried to abandon uh, me. It was mainly the friends of the library group. The uh, I had first met Joan McCowan. Hey, hey, everybody! This is my wife, Cheryl. Cheryl, say <laughs> hi hello. there. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. This this, this is part of it. <laughs> Cheryl's one of the original Howard widows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not the, for me, not the original Howard Widow, because the original Howard Widow for me divorced me. So. <laughs> That's right. Cheryl at least tolerates uh, me coming here. Amy comes with me. So. Comes with you. That's yeah. awesome. I think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to that. They're fascinated by our stories. We really are. Yeah. Is oh, I got to get back to uh, the way I felt when I first came here. Uh, when we walked the grounds, I have a story about Vernon Clark. Uh, we we walked the grounds and we walked around to the to the back side of the house, uh, and we were standing about in the spot that we speculated that Howard killed himself. And uh, we just it was just me and Vern and, and uh, Vern and I, sorry. And <laughs> and we uh, uh, we stood at the spot and we yeah Vern and me yeah. Anyway. Thank you. <laughs> the, uh, work is on the grammar police. Oh, believe me. <laughs> he used to spend entire zines just correcting everybody's grammar. <laughs> you got to have that one guy, right? Uh, now, this is a serious moment here, and I, and I, I don't want any more interruptions. <laughs> no. Uh, we, we stood on the spot where, where Howard was killed, and uh, Vern and I, and we, and we just... We kind of stood silently, and then Vern just looks over at me and he goes, kind of gets to you, doesn't it? And I went, yeah. That was it. You know, just uh, there was just uh, a presence. And it happens every time I go to that spot in the house. It just, you know, there's, you know, that's where the magic ended. You know? Yeah. And that's just right back here behind the house? It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, back, uh, you know, there's a, they've put a, some blocks and a wooden little rail there um, and then where people park mm-hmm. and it was right about there where he, he could be seen out the kitchen window yeah, yeah and uh, that's that's the spot yeah and uh, it gets uh, I, for, for me it, it gets it gets more significant all the time because now there's more people coming, and there's more people, you know, that really lament the uh, the, the act itself. And uh, you know, we all speculate, you know, gee, what what would happen if he if he hadn't killed himself? But you know, we'll never know, and so we just have to deal with it. You know, that he did kill himself, and he ended it all. And how how sad that is. Yeah, how sad it was for for him and his family, and how sad it is for all of us who have come to know him. You know, and you know, just I'm going to break down now. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I, I I 
tend to dwell more on the creative act of, and I think for me the holy of holies is the room yeah and, and absolutely they've set it up they you know there's triple windows that face to the south um, that room that's behind it where the gift shop is was not there in Howard's time so Howard's room looked out those windows over the back lot um, one of the, the thing that inspired the trip really was when Vern and I had come up the year before on a little tour that I did a zine called Gents on the Rampage um, <laughs> one of the things that had struck me was here's Howard building these incredibly lush exotic locales for his stories and this is what he's got to work with <laughs> you know the landscape around here is not exactly lush and exotic uh, I'm, a, I'm originally from East Tennessee and so I'm used to really vivid greenery yeah, green. and, and lots of <laughs> lots of understory and, and here it's re- relatively flat it's not totally flat it's kind of hilly but uh, low hills and, and big expanses of pasture and, and when you do see woods it's just mesquite and post oaks and low kind of low trees um, and at the time that Vernon and I had come in October it was brown so I'm like what in the world <laughs> how, how did this guy manage to create these things and so I said to Vern I said Howard fans should come and see this place to, to appreciate what a staggering imagination he had to have to create what he did with this kind of raw material now since I've been coming over the last 30 years I've grown to appreciate the landscape around here a lot more and I was telling him today there's a that wonderful scene in the whole wide world where Novelin says, "Well, I haven't seen any giant snakes or big busted women out here in the hills of West Africa." And he says, "Oh, but I have." <laughs> I think if you go back in the if you go back into the woods, if you go out into the pastures, you go into the creek beds, you go down to Lake Brownwood, where the into the hills and the park there. And then you say, if I blew this up to be a hundred times bigger, this would be Eldorex Afghanistan, or this would be Conan uh, and people of the Black Circle in the mountains. And you can you can actually start seeing it. But it, again, it's a staggering act of imagination to be able to do that. Um, so I I said, you know, we really ought to get a, a group together to come, you know, fans to come see this. And Clark said. You're crazy. Nobody's going to come to the middle of nowhere to see an old white house. But they did. Yeah, when you talk about imagination, did you ever imagine 30 years later we would have a crowd like this and we'd, there'd be a movie show? And all well, you know, I, work for, I work for a company and we have a little test that is called Foresight. and It's supposed to be kind of your ability to project, imagine the uh, into the future and so forth and I score really, really, really low uh, my ability to foresee the future extends for about 10 minutes <laughs> so I'm, I'm really a, I'm, a, I'm a person of the moment no, I never could have I, you know, I thought you know, a handful of fans coming to see this, It would. I thought it would be a one time thing you know? but it's then, something that helps the town even yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I, I it's become what, a big what, deal for them I think what Rusty was saying about uh, 
how Howard created so much out of so little. I think that's one of the one of the uh, uh, the commonalities of a lot of people. I've been talking to a lot of people here and, and over the years, and that's uh, that's the the sticking point for the why they're so amazed when they come to Cross Plains and they look at the house and they look at this little room that's as big as a it's actually smaller than a prison cell and even though it has windows still how he created what he did out of the dry Texas dust I mean there's there's nothing here and and there's so much in his stories it just uh, that's the one thing that, and, and I remarked that when I came first came here just how incredible it is that he created you know all these these fantastic worlds and, and fantastic characters and he did it out of nothing you know, just incredible yeah that this is this is an awesome event it's my first time. It's John's first time. Uh, there are a lot of first-timers here this year. Uh, and you guys have been uh, a part of this for, for 30 years and, and with it since its inception. And I think you guys uh, deserve a ton of credit, uh, a, a ton of uh, recognition for, for getting this thing rolling and, and sticking with it for this long. It's it's incredible. What are you going to do with 30 great. years at the 60th? Well, <laughs> like I say... I'll deal with that when it comes. <laughs> I, I certainly hope to be here yeah. for that one. What was it about, I can't remember, about 1999, 2000, Andy, you, you said, I'm going to come every year. Well, I, I, I think like, well, if he's going to do it, I guess I am. <laughs> I, I think at one point I said something like, uh, let's do this again in, in 20 years, in 2006. And, and that, that kind of made it into a... Uh, our thinking process, but then it was, we had so much fun that, well, when it finally got rolling, it was really in 99 when I think it got more, it turned into more of an, uh, a, uh, an event that, uh, and then at, every year after that, it just grew and continues to grow. And uh, every year there's new people that find out about this and how cool it is. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just grateful for that. I'm, I, I, I have a tendency to be more in the Thanish aspects of my admiration for Howard. And, and I, I want people who come here to enjoy themselves and, you know, appreciate, uh, again, you know, that Howard was a genius and he created all this out of nothing. And, uh, and let's everybody have a good time. And we're all here for the same reason, you know, to celebrate the legacy of Robert E. Howard. Yeah, this is great. I, I I don't have anything else to ask right off the top of my head. Do you, John? Thank you for your hospitality and, oh, sure. and inviting us in. And oh, we just man. had a great time, and it's been like a big family reunion that, to, that we've never been to before. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. Uh, you know, we started this podcast three years ago, and uh, was it even a year in when Mark did Mark find us, or did we find Mark, or? How did it? We got his book at the library. Okay. And then we we thought, oh, we'll tweet at him and maybe he'll be on our show. 
And surprisingly, he, he, was. he was willing. Yeah, wow. we called him Mr. Well, Finn. Yeah, he, Mark, he, Mark Finn. Yeah, <laughs> agreed to to do a radio show. Yeah, <laughs> we had no he idea. He could agree to talk to somebody. <laughs> He's usually so shy and withdrawn. <laughs> We've learned that about him now. Um, he immediately started telling us about our days and how we had to get down here and meet everybody. Yeah. When when uh, Mark started coming. I can't remember, it's the end of the 90s, toward the end of the 90s, Mark started coming to these, and I very quickly realized uh, that I had a, a resource here, and so every time people would say, We're, we have a radio reporter who wants to talk, so we have a reporter, and I'm like, Mark? <laughs> hey, Mark, got something for you to do. Uh, it just seems to come naturally to him, and he, he has this quality about him that, that allows him to just sort of captivate an audience. Um but he told us, look, you guys have to get to Cross Plains. You've got to come down. And we were like, okay, we'll, we'll do our best. And then that year's Howard days passed. And the next year, he's like, all right, guys, you got to do it. And uh, at this point, Jeff Shanks was on our case, too. And, uh, you know, and, and it was like they were hitting us with sticks going, shame, shame. Uh, they were so, ringing a bell. Yeah, they were ringing a bell and walking us through the town naked. Um, yeah, thanks for that image. There you go. Uh, um, and so this year was the year, uh, and it, it really has just been great. Uh, you can, well, now we expect you to make it an annual thing. That that's, yeah, that, so next year I'm, I'm going to have to talk Ashley into uh, coming down here with me. It's just been really cool to hear what your two perspectives have been on all this because I think Josh and I, we drove into town, he immediately said, this is a lot like my hometown, and this is a lot like the house that I grew up in, and it had even less around it than what this has around it. So I, I think we both have we found a connection to Howard coming to Cross Plains that we didn't have before. Let, yeah, let yeah. the old guys learn you, son. <laughs> it was also for me. It's been a, a it's been wonderful to make so many good friends in the community. The, the, the Cross Plains people started out with the friends of the library group. John McCallan, Billy Ruth Loving was the librarian. Uh, Margaret McNeil's one of the group, and then they created Project Pride in 88 or 89 and they bought the house and I just over time when I was especially when I was in Houston I visited more often but over time I just became good friends with a lot of people in the community I grew up in relatively small community where the bookmobile was was a weekly event that just was important in my life and occasional bus trips into the into town to go to the library with my grandmother and then another small town where I got to know the librarian and and liked her a lot so Billy Ruth and I Billy Ruth Loving and I formed a bond almost instantly and from that has grown sometimes you'll see me not I won't even be sitting with the fans I'll be sitting with you know cross plainsians and just catching up it's it's become a family reunion in a way every year yeah do you have an honorary cross point certificate honorary cross plainsian <laughs> no no uh, i'm an honorary member of project pride oh I, great. I have a card and everything cool uh it's i, the, I pay every year yeah <laughs> there you go leave dollar bills behind. uh it seems as though this year the high school has uh gotten on board with this yeah. Uh, has that been a recent occurrence? That's been fairly recent, yeah. Um, but again, the work of the Project Pride, I think, and 
getting people to come down here and see the house and get them to know a little more about Robert Howard and see the importance of Howard and, and the visitors to the community. Uh, the Cross Plains Review for years now has been running, and I think this is largely the work of Arlene Stevenson of Project Pride, has been running. Every time somebody from out of town comes to visit the museum, there'll be a little picture and an article in the Cross Plains Review. Oh, great. And so they can see people are coming, and they're not, that it's not all weirdos like Rusty and, and Indy. It's, <laughs> it's you yeah, know, I resemble that. It's a, it's a computer programmer and his wife from Dallas, or it's uh, an aerospace engineer from someplace, or it's, you know, a, a couple of teachers from Florida. And they keep a little map back there. I think, I don't know if you saw it in the gift we did, shop. Yeah. With pictures of people who have visited and little, you know, indicators of where they're from and stuff. And I think people have, that's really helps to make it all grow on the on the people locally. Plus, they do see that we we put a little money in the economy every June. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's the, the the important thing about that is is that they do it all year long. Yes. You know, we show up here once a year, and some of us come down more than once a year, but usually it's once a year, and uh, we get all the glory, but uh, believe me, it's Project Pride and the, the Cross Plains people that, uh, that they do all the work. Uh, they're just, they're so, and they're so wonderful to us. You know, they they just love us to death. We're like their, their lost cousins who come home for, a, like Rusty was saying, a family reunion. Yeah, when we toured the house earlier today, all of the docents were so nice, and it, it really felt like we were being adopted into a, a, a new family. It, yeah. it was really cool. Yeah. Is there a way for our listeners to donate some some dinero to Project Pride online? Absolutely. Uh, well, Project Pride is uh, uh, they, they have a, a PayPal address. Let me see if I can think of it. It is uh, uh, Project Pride. Yeah at yahoo.com that's their paypal and then uh if you wanted to donate uh, via the mail or write them a check uh project pride p.o box 534 cross plains texas 76643 that's a send them your dough you know i or, believe that a membership in project pride is still only three dollars a yeah. year three dollars or five dollars for a family okay yeah. so it's really an inexpensive way to show that you support the work that they do. Yeah, but they, they of course, they accept donations year-long, and Absolutely. 100% of the donations go to the upkeep and of the Robert E. Howard House. And uh, that's, you know, one of the things that they're, they're really proud of is that all the money, all the money that we got from the silent auction tonight and all the donation jars, 100% of that goes to the house. Goes to the upkeep and, and all that good stuff. And that's a worthy cause because this this it's more than a house, right? It's a it's a symbol that means something larger than just uh, a house, and it's more really than just Robert E. Howard's home. I mean, this is the the cradle from which all of that creativity sprang, yeah. and and so it it certainly is more than just you know the the sum of its parts. And you know you've enjoyed the story, so donate a. Definitely. Or two to his hotel. Yeah, if you've if you've ever enjoyed a Howard story, yeah, get pay three dollars and become a member of Project Pride. I heard a story earlier today that, that you sent that out. I think in Rehupa or uh, when the when we found out in 1989, we came here for the 100th mailing of Rehupa, and, and that's when we found out 
found out that that's when we learned. I told you there were some loud trucks out here. <laughs> yeah. That's when, we, in 1989, is when we learned that uh, Project Pride had bought the house, and, and we got to actually go in and, and see it. But several of the members of Project Pride had put their own signatures on the mortgage, and so we were they needed to raise some money. And so they were doing all the things they could do locally, and I said, yep, I'm going to send out flyers to everybody I can think of in Howard Phantom. I sent them put them in Rehupa, but I also sent you know everybody in Howard Fandom I could think of that I had an address for or knew somebody who might know them or whatever. I was sending out <laughs> these flyers everywhere. Um, Tom Kovacs was distributing them in, uh, in Europe. So we were getting them around the world, and in it I had said, if everyone who ever read a Howard story and enjoyed it sent $1, we could pay this house off right away. And Susan said, we started getting envelopes with a dollar. <laughs> and we had these stacks of dollars. <laughs> That's awesome. But and then uh, one, of the, one of the heirs, Allery Morris, uh, who had come to be the owner of the Howard Wrights, um, donated $10,000 to pay, pay off the rest of the mortgage. And that's why the pavilion also is she also was very generous to the uh, to project pride and, and the library uh, and that's why the pavilion is named the Allerae Morris Pavilion well it's been great to, to learn about all this with you two here tonight we don't want to keep you up till midnight or anything and we don't want to keep you from your next beer that's yeah. for sure <laughs> but here's to another 30 years of Howard fandom coming to cross right? here's to it thanks, thanks everyone and another 30 years of the Chromecast oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah. see that'd be, be great bouncing it off the moon by <laughs> <laughs> definitely thank you very much thank guys you. that was awesome thank you <laughs> thanks a lot thanks for having us Chromecast, and we're here at Robert E. Howard Days 2016 with Arlene Stevenson. Uh, are you the director of Project Pride? Well, sort of. I'm president. President. President right now. Okay. Director, and chief, whatever. For those who don't know, what is Project Pride? It's a nonprofit organization here in town. We actually own and uh, operate the Robert E. Howard Museum. But then we do other things throughout the year. Uh, we provide lunch for the teachers during the in-service day, in-service week. We uh, participate in the cancer walk. Uh, we decorate windows down in the big apartment store during winter time, and then show lots of tours of the museum and a lot of people through. We took one of those tours yesterday and learned so much about Howard and yeah. his family and his times, and, yeah. and it was just wonderful. What's the most rewarding thing about being part of Project Pride? This, this, it's a lot of hard work, but it's so great to get to this point. Because kind of like old home week. You recognize more faces every year, and it's just neat. 
Are you a native Cross Plainsian? No, no, I'm from born in Kansas. Oh, okay. And moved to Texas by way of Oklahoma. All right. Came back to Texas and then back over here. And what do you like about Cross Plains? It's such a magnificent little community for less than a thousand. Yeah. Uh, it's got such a big heart. Anytime there's a, a financial need, a crisis, uh, somebody with cancer that needs help, this little town will come together and maybe raise thirteen, fifteen, seventeen thousand dollars. That's amazing. At one one event. That's really amazing. And then two or three months later, here it comes again. Wow. But it's it's amazing. There's a lot of super people that retire here, uh, bring a lot of skills and experience and talent to this community. So it's a great place to volunteer. Yeah. A lot of things cool. to volunteer for. Yeah, yeah. And how does the community feel about us weird, weirdo Howard people <laughs> descending upon you every year? You don't look weird. I mean, you look just like us. <laughs> uh, they're getting a whole lot better okay. about it. They're finding that, you know, they're just real people. Part of what helps that every time somebody comes to visit the museum, we take a picture. That's a lot of what's on the wall in there. And we write a little article for the newspaper. Where they're from, how they got into Howard's writings, what they enjoy about it, what they do in real life. And a lot of times we can say they're going down at Gene's Feed Barn for lunch. Well, that's a promo yep. right there. And I think they're gradually coming to accept that this is a real asset to the community. But it's a work in progress. That's amazing. That's yeah, really cool work to do. Yeah. Do you like Robert E. Howard? Have you read any of his stuff? I read some of it. Yeah. yeah some like, of it's kind of weird, right? <laughs> I'm not into the fantasy type stuff. But you don't have to be a fan of his writings. You're a fan of what his writings do. You know what they bring to the community so but i like his boxing stories i like his true western stories cool Reckon ridge elkins is kind of slow slow <laughs> it takes a long time to read it because uh-huh. of the dialect right yeah but i kind of kind of like it i like it too you you picked the three of my favorites really well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you did. i like some of his poems i like that samaria uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think everybody likes that one. That's a, it's a pretty poem. That's probably why it's front page in our little poetry book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there any way that our listeners, we've got quite a few people out there, we think that listen to the show, can they, if they can't make it to Cross Plains for Howard Days next June or in the future, is there a way they can support Project Pride? Oh, anyway? yes. Money always helps. Okay. How do they get it to you? Uh, they can either send it uh, snail mail to P.O. Box 534, Cross Plains, Seven six seven six seven seven four one. Uh, they can do PayPal, which is a P R O J P R I D E. So most of the people registering for this came through PayPal. So that's, that's that, what we did. that helps a lot. Oh, good. It really does. So a, lot of, a lot of them send, send their memberships that way too. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's the membership? Can you uh, that? Sure. Three dollars a person. Five dollars for a, a family, couple. And helps with the operation and yes. maintenance of the house. Yes, that's uh, right. So if, even if you can't make it to Cross Plains, if you're listening to this, uh, if you've ever read a Howard story and it's made you feel anything at all, then you should send Arlene and Project Pride uh, at least a dollar. Send at least a dollar. For three dollars, you can become a member. For five, your whole family can become a member, uh, and you're supporting a great cause. That's sure true. Thank you, Arlene. And that's you know that's what makes all this happen. Yeah. You know, we got a neat little museum, but without all these guys helping and coming, we wouldn't have much of a purpose. Well, you're doing great but, work. Yeah. But it it's brought the world to their doorstep. Yeah. And that's literally.